is the fan. Straight drop, wants to throw. He's going to go home run ball for Altman Bell on the right side. He turns, spins, got it! Touchdown! Chris Altman Bell beat Jamari Brown. And Minnesota's on the board just under five minutes into the game on a 32-yard strike. They try the left side, Potts turns it in at the five, working his way, turning his way, flag comes out near the goal line, and let's see what we have here. I think this is going to be a defensive penalty, it looks like. Holding, defense, number 98, and penalties declined. Result of the play is touchdown. So he did get in, I never did see a signal, so it's a touchdown, Golden Gophers, and Minnesota up by three. Coverage. O'Connell to throw. He does. He throws. It's picked off. Tyler Newman has the INT. Takes a knee at the 18-yard line. Minnesota will be able to salt it away on the road in West Lafayette. Newman stepping in front and making the interception. And for the second straight year, the Gophers get a late pick to seal the win against the Boilers. And welcome to Gopher Football Sunday. I'm Justin Gard. We're brought to you, as always, by our great friends at Cary Limo. The Gophers win yesterday 20-13 at Purdue. They improved to 3-2 on the year and 1-1 and in the Big Ten. It is the, the sideline guy is still drenched version of Gopher Football Sunday. Rainiest day in my 11 years yesterday, probably. Uh, certainly in the fourth quarter, second half, when the monsoon started. It rained all day. Uh, overcast in West Lafayette, but um, I'm glad I brought at least one extra shirt to wear on the way home. It was a very, very rainy day and uh, certainly an interesting experience there at Rossade Stadium. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. No Ryan Burns this morning. He is off this week, so I grabbed the other co-host of the Pair and a Spare podcast, Chip Scoggins. He's going to join me in the Burnsy time slot next segment. I'll replay my conversation post-game with P.J. Fleck in just a few minutes. And for the first time in a while, we're going to hear from Tanner Morgan on this show. I talked to him after the game yesterday, just after our post-game show ended, so we couldn't get him live, but you will hear him this morning in the final segment of the show. If you're new to Gopher Football Sunday, it's pretty simple. We review the Gopher game from the day before every week before turning Sunday over to Vikings coverage, what we liked, what we didn't like, what's to come the rest of the way. It's all covered here. And after a week with nothing to like, you may remember intermission music was what we liked a week ago after the loss to Bowling Green. Uh, there were a couple of things encouraging from yesterday, and I think we have to start with the defense. They were on the field a lot, almost 90 plays, which seems impossible against a, a P.J. Fleck team that likes to control the clock, but they only allowed 13 points and a shutout in the second half, and more important, they kept things manageable when the offense struggled in the first half. The offense started the half with a touchdown ended it with a field goal. In between, there were three three-and-outs, and the defense held up in that time. And The game could have gotten away from the Gophers at that point, but the Gophers held up, forced two field goals to allow the offense to catch up, and then they shut Purdue out after halftime. And as we talk about with P.J. in a minute, they didn't give up the 
Ohio State plays that they gave up, where they gave up five explosive plays against Ohio State. They didn't give up the 70-yarder backbreaker. They gave up some big plays. Uh, David Bell is a nice wide receiver for Purdue, but they didn't give up the massive one, and they allowed a bunch of yards, but they minimized the explosive yards. They got two turnovers, one that led to the Gophers' first touchdown, one that ended the game. They got sacks. They broke up passes. They stopped the run just enough to hang in. And you can kind of start to see some of the playmakers continue to develop, which is something we've been looking for all season long. We've talked about it all season long. Who are the playmakers going to be on this Gopher defense? We saw Boye Mafe with a strip sack. He's going to be a playmaker. He is a playmaker. Tyler Newbin with the pick. We've been waiting a couple of years for him to become a playmaker. He's got a couple interceptions now. Uh, they had a long day in terms of being out there because Purdue was throwing it all over. But they hung around to kind of let Purdue do what Purdue tends to do when they play the Gophers, make the mistake, take the sack, miss the field goal, or come up empty in the red zone. So the Gophers have now beaten Purdue four straight years. The defense has had a lot to do with that each time, and P.J. Fleck improves to 4-1 and one against Jeff Brom since they both got to their respective schools in 2017. On the other side, offensively, we liked that they took shots. It was necessary. They they had to do something. And they went deep early for the first touchdown to Chris Ottman-Bell. They went deep early in the second half to help them retake the lead. That was Michael Brown-Stevens. Yeah, you figured logistically, or logically, I should say, after the disaster that was the passing game last week, uh, they were going to have to try to push the ball down the field, and they did. Uh, Michael Brown-Stevens had two catches and went over 100 yards. They were both 50-yard passes. It wasn't perfect. Uh, they certainly, you know, percentage-wise, didn't hit on a bunch, but they at least showed the willingness, thankfully, to stay with it, even though it didn't always work out. They kept the ball out of harm's way by not really forcing the slant, which Purdue was clearly prepared for. I was texting with Bernsey yesterday, and uh, we were kind of wondering where the slant was, and, and they had a couple of them, but I just, after Purdue had been torched by the slant a couple of years ago and even some last year. They just weren't going to let that route beat them. And it, every time the slant was was thrown, it kind of felt to me like it was always deflected at the line or there were three guys around the receiver. It just seemed like that was going to be a harmful route that, that might have led to something bad in terms of a turnover. So uh, I like the fact that they tried to find other ways to do it. Um, at the end of the day, numbers are, are not going to wow you. Um, when I looked at it, I was even surprised after, I mean, 9 of 18 for Tanner Morgan. Um, you know, not a ton of yards. But the intent was there to at least stretch things out, which they have to continue to do for the rest of the season because you're not just going to be able to run for 300 yards against Big Ten football teams, especially some of the ones they're going to play here later in the year. So they, they had to do what they they had to do what they did yesterday, which was take shots even when they weren't hitting, and they didn't hit all of them. Uh, continue to go back to it. Mike Sanford, the offensive coordinator, talked about getting more at bats for the uh, passing game and getting into a rhythm a little bit more. Uh, they weren't able to get into a rhythm much in, this, in the first half because of the three and outs, but I like the fact that after halftime, when they finally got the ball back after Purdue had it for most of the first half, uh, they went ahead and took a shot right away, got the lead back, and never relinquished it. Uh, one final reason why they didn't relinquish the lead, the special teams. We liked the special teams yesterday. We liked the kicking game. Matthew Trickett goes two for two on field goals. Mark Crawford, who 
we really haven't talked about much because he, he did in, in a positive way because we just haven't seen good performances from him. He was tremendous yesterday, averaging 50 yards a punt. His best game as a gopher. Points were at a premium. Field position was important yesterday, and Mark Crawford made a huge difference in the game. He had to punt six times, put four inside the 15, and helped flip the field a couple of times. And it was, like I said, his best game as a gopher. So, And then we also kind of take a kickoff specialist, Dragan Kessich, for granted at this point, but four of his five kicks were touchbacks, which has been a huge bonus for the team this season. Special teams did its job yesterday and uh, made Purdue drive the length of the field, even though they, they did a couple times. Um, that you know, Gophers pinned him in at the two, and one play later they're at midfield because David Bell's that good. Um, but they they had they made Purdue work for everything that they got. And like I said earlier, at some point you're going to get Purdue to to give it to you. You're going to let Purdue make a mistake, and that's what happened yesterday. They made them work all the way down the field, and that's because the kicking game uh, was really good. I think I saw Purdue's average starting field position was the 18 yard line makes a huge difference in a game when you're going up against an explosive offense like that or one that has skilled p- uh, people all over the field. So I didn't uh, didn't ask PJ about special teams after the game, and I wish I had uh, because uh, they were really a huge part of, of what happened here. Uh, we did talk about a lot, though, including the response of his quarterback after a bad game last week against Bowling Green and the way the defense has played the last few weeks. If you missed it post-game yesterday, here's my conversation with head coach PJ Fleck for Gopher Football Sunday. I'll start real broadly. How'd you get it done today? Uh, guts. Response. That's how we got it done. I mean, as a full team, offense, defense, special teams, took care of the football, got takeaways. Um, defense played their hearts out, you know, kept them out of the end zone. Um, and then offensively, you know, we did enough to win, you know, and you'd like you'll be able to finish that drive down there. But they got a really good defense, too. You know, we're rotating a lot of guys in there. Um, you know, I thought Michael brown Stevens stepped up big today. We're going to need a lot of people like that to step in, step up. Uh, but the whole word of the week was response, and I thought they did that, especially then with Mariano going down. Uh, you know, he was kind of questionable coming in, and uh, he'll be fine over the next few weeks, so uh, he'll be back in there. But to be able to watch the guys come in and respond, whether it was Quan Burns or whether it was Donald Willis, you know, that's where your depth kind of comes into play. But um, it was a gutsy performance. The special teams played well. You know, we needed those kicks and uh, tough conditions. On the defense, what was the key to them just hanging in? There were a lot of long drives. I think they ran 80-some-plus plays, and you saw what they ended with on the scoreboard. They weren't able to capitalize. Limit, limiting and, and eliminating and limiting explosive plays. Uh, they didn't have big explosive plays. And, and when, if we can do that as a defense, we're going to be pretty good. Um, you know, you look back at Ohio State, we held them in check besides five plays. Well, those are the five plays. Like today, if they have those, they beat you, right? Uh, any team. I mean, we have five or six. We're going to beat a lot of teams, too. Explosive plays are part of that 78% how you win games, and I think we won that uh, that battle today. You mentioned Michael Brown-Stevens. He had a couple explosive plays. Your offensive coordinator this week said, need a few more at-bats, and when we have shots, we got to hit them. You took a lot of shots today. I, I imagine that was just part of the plan coming in. It was. I mean, we, people are going to play us in, in, in the quarters like they are, and almost like cover zero. We've got to be able to win one-on-one matchups on the outside. And a lot of everybody knows it's not like... You know, private knowledge that Crab was beat up and banged up a little bit, and he's been hurt. He's in and out. Uh, didn't play even a lot today. Um, but when you have the other two guys, Daniel Jackson, and you got Michael Brown Stevens, those are two freshmen going to be really good here one day. Um, but they were able to come through and make some big plays. Tight ends made some good catches, and you know, I mean, we ran the ball efficiently enough. You know, but we got to we, we got to be able to in a game like that. That's what's hard. You know, you got to be able to make the plays, and it's it's tough conditions, and you know it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, 
And I thought our defense made it a low-scoring game. That has a high-powered offense, and everybody knows that, and that's well-documented, but uh, just proud of the performance. You get the stop on fourth down, and then you're driving to finish the game. You come out with Cole Kramer. Take me through that package of just basically using him and using the backs. Well, what it is is, you know, you want to, you want the clock, to, you want the time to come off the clock. You want to be able to have them use all their timeouts, and they're in cover zero, basically, right? So we gain an extra blocker by being in our Wildcat, and it gives you the ability. Like we had a few first downs, you know, and then we weren't able to get the last one. But um, you know, it was a big field goal for us, and you know, we were able to end the game with an interception, which was uh, tremendous by Tyler Newbin. Last one. I saw a lot of emotion from your quarterback today, maybe more than I've seen. Um, what was his week like? What's it like? I'm, I assume he gave the response that you thought he would. He's just he's just a winner. I mean, listen, I. The guys won a lot of games for the University of Minnesota, and sometimes when guys don't have a very good game, we tend to write everyone off, um, you know. And that's, that's that's not what this is about, you know. This is about everybody asks me, you know, I, you know, what are you gonna do with the quarterback? Well, we're gonna respond. Responding and reacting are two different things. Reacting is a knee-jerk reaction; you just make it because of what's happening right now. Response is done over a long period of time, and uh, I thought he came out. I thought everybody came out and responded. That was a very difficult week, mentally, physically, emotionally. Uh, and to be able to come out here and beat a really good Purdue team at home um, at their place, uh, you know, uh, feels really good. I bet. Last thing, part two. We won't talk to you this next coming week. I know you're devastated about that. Take us through bye week. What's going to happen before you come back? I'm not going to talk to you guys. That's for sure. <laughs> That's we're it. not going back. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, we, we, we're going to make the, we have three different schedules, <laughs> as you can imagine, depending on how things went, right? Um, you know, we've got to get healthy. And the good thing is a bye week came at a perfect time. I've never met a bye week that's coming at a wrong time, but we have to get healthy. We got to get some of these guys back, and the good thing is they're going to come back, some of them, um, during the bye week. So they're not season-ending, but they need they need a break. Congrats, man. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. I appreciate it, brother. Boats game. I'll go Gophers. Head coach PJ Fleck following a 2013 win over Purdue. The Gophers' fourth straight win over the Boilers and second straight in West Lafayette. The Gophers improved to three and two on the season and one and one in the Big Ten. They've now got a bye week next week before hosting Nebraska at Huntington Bank Stadium on October 16th. The Huskers crushed. Northwestern in Lincoln last night to improve to 3-3. Three and three. Don't forget, we've got Tanner Morgan coming up, the final segment of the show. When we come back, though, we talk to my buddy and one of the hosts of the Parent and Spare podcast, Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune, takes Ryan Burns spot this week. Chipper was in West Lafayette with us, and like many, was impressed by another solid defensive effort. We'll talk about that and much more with Chip Scoggins on Gopher Football. The Fan. Welcome back to Gopher Football Sunday, presented by Kerry Limo. Justin Gard back here in the 651 Carpet Studios. We're talking about a 20-13 Gopher victory in West Lafayette, the fourth straight win over the Purdue Boilermakers. P.J. Flex, fourth straight win over Jeff Brom. And uh, now that it's, you know, about 8.20 on a Sunday morning, I can say I think I've kind of dried off. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was not in the press box like my good buddy, um, He's usually, I guess, the spare on Sunday morning because we don't use him on the Pair and a Spare podcast. But with Burnsy unavailable today, he is part of the pair. He's Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune. He was also in West Lafayette. Chipper, how are you, man? I was nice and dry. I don't know. what I, I felt good up there. Everybody did. Everybody did. Yeah, it, was, we, it was hard. It was, a, it was a driving rain there in the, in the fourth quarter. It was so weird because it was just a monsoon. Then it was sunny. Yeah. Like it, it just stops when, when Purdue gets the last, the, the last uh, desperation attempt, and then it started raining again after you guys left. It started pouring down rain again, and then it gets oh, did sunny. It? So yeah, so it's a weird, definitely a weird weather. Has it ever not rained when the Gophers have come to Purdue? We were talking about that press. It seems like every 
time I come here, it's either pouring down rain or just know. passing gloomy. Yeah. I know. Well, thankfully, we didn't have the 88-minute weather delay. That was yeah. the problem in 2017. So you got to sit for an hour and then come back and watch the Gophers lose if you were a fan. You know, you got to, you got to do that. But it was um, – well, I talked to Tanner Morgan, and I'm going to play that next segment. And I asked him, I said – and I told him, I prefaced it so people I think will appreciate this. I said, look, I know that you're going to say circumstances don't dictate our behavior because that's part of the culture. <laughs> However – it's monsooning all day. It's raining all day. And then all of a sudden, Purdue gets the ball needing a touchdown, and it's like we're in Maui. I said, you had to be thinking that was absurd. And he said, it's funny you say that. He goes, actually, we got a little help because it, it actually, and he's right, it broke right before Matthew Trickett kicked yeah. the field goal. So he took it as a good sign for the Gophers, which is the most Tanner Morgan thing ever. <laughs> um, but that's I, I couldn't believe it after what we had dealt with for two and a half, three hours on the field. All of a sudden, it was just beautiful there. And it, it sort of, to me, summed up how weird that game was. Guards, I, Purdue ran 86 plays. Yeah. I can't remember the last time a team has run 86 plays and scored one touchdown, mm-hmm. 13 points. And so it was a, uh, you know, Aiden, their, their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, threw 52 passes. The Gophers offense ran 53 plays. Right. Now, you would think that just looking at those stats, Purdue would put up 40 points when a guy's throwing 52 times and, they run 86 plays, but uh, to me, it spoke to how you could say Ben don't break, whatever. But it was, I thought the Gophers defense was very opportunistic. When they needed a sack, they got it. When they needed a pass breakup, they got it. Third and one, Trill Carter makes a great play there. He blows up the, uh, the line and, and stops him for no gain or, or a one yard loss. So I felt like there are moments where you felt like they were on the edge of yeah. being in trouble. And it, it didn't look clean, and it, they looked vulnerable a lot. Third down defense early on was was n- not good at all. Yep. But they made enough plays, and, and defensively, I like uh, the resolve there, and I like that the offense took some deep shots down the field. As as Tanner said, I think we batted five hundred. Yeah. But but even if they're incomplete, JG, just to loosen and keep the defense honest, just to make them respect that you might take a shot down the field, I think is important going forward. Yeah, it was and early on in the second half. I mean, they come out right there and they throw it to Michael Brown. Steven. They had a, the, the Gophers. PJ Flex Gophers had a three play touchdown drive <laughs> <laughs> that took 90 seconds off the clock. But that's absolutely what they needed. And I like the baseball analogy. We bat 500. Mike Sanford said this week, we have to have more at bats. And I like the yeah. fact that even though they weren't, and you had to figure that it was the balance was going to get tipped a little bit because they know, I mean, what they tried to do last week against Bowling Green and failed, they know is not going to work in the Big Ten. So I've always felt like they were going to take more shots. But just to be able to have that, and we're going to talk a lot about the defense because that was that was really the big story of the game. But just to have that as an option, and you know, starting with Chris Ottman Bell, continuing with Michael Brown Stevens, and then you know, a nice little screen pass to Brevin Span Ford. Like they had, they had a lot of explosive type plays that they needed today. Well, and because it felt like. Uh... They're not just going to run over teams in the Big Ten and just be able to run the ball. I think they found that out today, and I think that's going to be the case going forward. You, you saw the loss of Mo Ibrahim today. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, and I thought Potts ran hard. The, the third down pickup he had that last drive was uh, all effort there. I mean, that was a tremendous run. Um, but they're not going to be able to just rely on one facet. I mean, they're going to have to be able to throw the ball and take some shots and. To do it, I mean, I think anybody could see that Ottman Bell's not 100%. He needs this buy in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And then it, you, you get Daylon right back, who's was missing for, uh, for a personal uh, tragedy. Um, you just feel like 
there are opportunities there in the pass game because teams are going to load up on that run. And, 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 and I, I love that they came out of the second half and take a shot because I'm sure Purdue is like, okay, this is going to be a run for yeah. the outside zone. And they, they that, that safety bit on that play fake. I mean, mm-hmm. he came all the way up. And so there's a number of times, I think there was probably six or seven deep shots, right? And, and yeah. most, most of those came off of the play action. So use that. Use the play action and, and try to create some opportunities down the field. Well, and I was texting with Ryan Burns uh, at the, during the game, and you know he and I'm sure we'll talk about this on Pair and Spare, but he was frustrated that it was either it was kind of like all or nothing, you know, it was they were either taking a shot or it was a you know zone read somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And you know, first of all, baby steps, Burnsy. I mean, they threw thirteen <laughs> they threw thirteen passes last week. I'm sure I'm sure the coaches thought they were completely off the rails going with all these deep balls, but I think part of it too, and I don't know what you think. My sense was. Purdue was ready for the slant. I mean, yeah. Jeff Brom had said all week, he's like, I mean, he called Tanner Morgan. He said, the guy was like Joe Montana here two years ago running yeah. the RPO. He said, we have not defended that well. You know, that's all they've been thinking about all week. And it seemed like every time they, they threw a couple of them, but, you know, Ottman Bell dropped one. There was every time it was almost like it was deflected at the line, which yeah. could be a nightmare, or it could be thrown into two or three different boilermakers, which can also be a nightmare. So I don't mind the fact that they went away from what was one of their bread and butter plays and basically tried different stuff. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, two years ago, if he completed, what, 20 or 21 passes, it felt like 18 of them were slants. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so they were not going to get beat on a slant. And I think three of those got deflected at the line. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you mentioned Notman Bill, I think, dropped one or two. And so they were not going to get beat on the slant. And so I, I felt like they – the Gophers did the right thing, and, and okay, that's not going to work today. Take some deep shots, and, and you had some success with that with three of them, three big plays. And so um, I, I just like the fact that it, and he, it, it did feel like early on, I agree with Bernsey, that it was a little bit all or nothing, either mm-hmm. a big play or the running game doesn't really go anywhere. But the fact that they tried those and were aggressive in doing it, um, I think is a positive step forward. Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune, joining me here on a Sunday morning. This is Gopher Football Sunday. We're brought to you by Kerry Limo. Reminder, uh, my conversation with Tanner Morgan will help us wrap up the show before Barrero takes over for Sunday sermons. So the defense. Well, let's talk about Purdue for a second because you're right. I mean, first half I felt the same way. I was like, the Gophers haven't had the ball. They had those three three yeah. outs after the touchdown, which wasn't a very long drive. Then they got the field goal at the end. But I looked up at the, the scoreboard at Ross Aid and Purdue had the ball for like 15 minutes. The Gophers had it for five. And I'm like, Man, this one, it, it, and yet the Gophers were winning for a stretch there. They obviously would go on to, to be down at halftime. But it was um, interesting to me how the defense just gave up, you know, a couple of plays here, a couple of plays there. David Bell's a problem. Obviously, he yeah. made some nice catches. Uh, the quarterback, I thought, made some nice plays. But then it was just always something that popped up. And different guys making plays. I think that's what, I mean, now you look at a three-game sample size chip, like, we were wondering where the playmakers were going to be on the defense. It seems like they've got some, I think. Yeah, they absolutely do. And PJ and a number of his players afterwards said their whole game plan or their whole focus was Purdue's going to make plays. In college yeah. football, you're, you're going to give up plays. It's just going to happen. Don't give up the one that sucks the life right out of your sideline, the 70-yard busted play. And, and PJ said, you go back to week one, Ohio State, those big plays just doomed them and sabotaged them. And so their whole focus this week was, they may have a 12 play drive, but make them kick a field goal and don't give them the 70, don't give them the explosive, explosive play. And so they, they did a good job of that. Um, yeah, you don't want to, 
a team to have 48 plays on you in the first half. Yeah, but, it's crazy. But what I think, I think what we're seeing, Garzi, is Joe Rossi rolled in nine defense alignment today. We saw two freshmen that got a lot of run, and MJ Anderson didn't play. This is the first time I feel like they have a legitimate two deep mm-hmm. where you bring in backups and you feel good about playing them. And so, you know, Trill Carter made another couple nice plays. Um, they're linebackers. Even when, when Sorry Mayer went out, uh, Burns, is, this freshman yeah. Burns comes in on yeah. a blitz and gets a sack. Yeah. Um, the, the thing I liked, Justin Wally, he gave up some plays. He didn't, he, he, he uh, had a bad read on the touchdown. David Bell got him on a couple. But guess what? On that important third down late in the game, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why they threw a fade on that third and five. They threw a fade down the sideline, mm-hmm. and then and then underneath on fourth down, they threw a short. But that was a great play by Wally there. So every time, you know, he, he got beat on something, he came back and made an important play. He had two pass breakups. So right. I think you're you're seeing a number of guys kind of coming into their own. But to me, it all starts with that defensive line and being able to get pressure and, and pass breakups. And just be able to keep bodies fresh there with eight, nine, ten guys. And they seem to really like playing together, as stupid as that yeah. sounds. Like they, they, it seems like, and PJ's been talking about this since the spring, that we think we have a lot of guys. We need them all to buy into what we're doing here. And not all of them have, you know, not all of them probably have, you know, one transferred out, you know, after spring yeah. practice. But you've, like Keontae Shad transferred out, wasn't necessarily feeling the, the shifts and, and, and everything. Yeah. But, I mean, you can tell, like, it has, I think, made a difference that they, that they have all those guys. Well, everybody – well, two things. It keeps you fresh. Yeah. And there's competition. Hey, you got to produce. Or there's the next guy's going to come in and play. But what I think it does is if those guys are – if they're honest, I think they will look at it as like, okay, I may get 20 snaps, 25 snaps instead of 40 We'll make the most of those twenty-five, and you might be able to be more productive with those. Right. If that makes sense. Like a Thomas Rush, look what he's doing. I know with his with his boy in Mafia. I think he's benefiting from not having to play so many snaps and not wearing down. That he has more fresh legs and more juice coming off on his pass rush. I mean, that was a great play he did early on in the game to get the sack strip. And so I think, um, yeah, you you would wonder where guys are having to share their workload now. That that it might otherwise be you know create some problems but it doesn't at all it seems like they all kind of relish this rotation and have a shot to get in there and get some playing time jeff brom once again was talking about red zone inefficiencies it's been a problem for them all year you've followed football forever you know college football well is it possible that jeff brom they try to do too much stuff offensively i mean i'm looking at his play cards on the flight home i was watching the game on the xfinity stream app there's the plug i had it downloaded and i I watched the whole game on the flight (laughs) And he's got like nine sheets in front of him and, <laughs> and he's trying to call the plays and he's on the sideline. It's like, cause they make Purdue make some things look so easy. Like when they're yeah. backed up, when, when um, you know, Crawford pins them down at the two and one play later, they're basically at midfield because they <laughs> protected it and threw it to David Bell. They make some things look so easy. And we yeah. hear all about how explosive they are all the time. And then it's like getting in the end zone for him is painful at times. Well, it's probably because he's trying to be, I don't know if it's too cute is the right word, or just too creative or too, you know. You got David Bell, who is, I love to watch that guy. He just glides. The way he runs, he is, he is really, really good uh, wide receiver. Um, you feel like you have a matchup advantage anytime he's out there. Just 
throw a pass to him, you know? Uh, you don't have to be trying to trick him all the time. And I feel like a lot of time these guys, Brom, you know, they get this aura where we're creative. We do kind of things. Right. Like it's like, well, you can complicate it. You can create more problems for your offense by doing that, you know, especially when you get down there and everything's kind of congested. And yep. sometimes being more simple is probably the better answer than trying to fool somebody. Well, polar opposite fan base complaints probably minnesota yeah, exactly Purdue, right yeah. when it comes to yeah. offense yeah. i mean we've been talking for two weeks like can we mix it up can we take some shots can we do some things creatively and if you're purdue you're probably like okay how cute are we going to be here because they yeah. put up i mean just gaudy numbers like even against illinois they were moving the ball and they ended up winning the game but it just it seems this has happened i mean i've seen it now up close for five years and it's just i think sometimes you get too wonky i think you yeah. do and especially when you look at their their wide receivers are good. Yeah. I, I do like the quarterback. I mean, he he had some errant throws, and when you throw it 52 times, you're going to have some errant throws, you know. And it, to go back to the Gophers offense, guards, I want to see when Almond Bell's healthy and Dalen Wright's back and they can get him squared away with this consistency, what this offense still – I still have concerns about what they're going to be and how, how they're going to score against really good defenses. Mm-hmm. I just don't – I don't – I think we saw today that running is going to be tough uh, sometimes. And you're going to have to be able to beat teams other ways. Yeah. Well, and throwing the ball to like, I, I don't think it was any coincidence right after they threw the ball deep trade pots ripped off a run for 13. That was probably, and we talked about this on pair and a spare when, whenever they've had trouble historically, just for me watching it anecdotally, I have no factual basis behind this, but I've, I've seen this coaching staff enough Anytime they would hit a big passing play, almost automatically they're running outside zone and they're going for another first down because yeah. everything's soft, softened up, and I don't think that was a coincidence. It is, that's what I asked Tanner about after the game day. It's like, you know, you mentioned batting 500, but even on the misses, it just makes them re- play you more honest, and it, it will open up things for that, for that running game. And so that was, that was kind of the frustration in the, in the non-conference is that when you did miss, they would just abandon it. They lose patience with the passing game and just say, okay, we just, just got to run it. We got to mm-hmm. run it. Well, no, it's like just because you miss it doesn't mean it's not going to have a good, a positive effect for you. It still might open up something in your running game. So I'm glad that they continued to take shots even when they miss some because I think it, it forces those defenses to just play you more honest. Final couple of minutes with Chip Scoggins. How was PJ with the media jackals, as Barrero calls them, after the game? I know how he was with me. <laughs> And make no mistake, this is a personal one, I think, um, on all sides with Purdue and and Minnesota for a million different reasons. And so it's important, you know, for both of these coaches, I'm sure it bugs Brom that he's one and four against PJ, and I'm sure PJ loves that he's four and one against Brom. Yeah, I mean, this is one that always, you know, you get the drive-by handshake typically after the game. But, you know, PJ said, um, he started by saying this was a hard week, and it was. I'm sure there was a lot of tension in that football facility and a lot of, um, probably soul searching, both collectively and individually. Like, what was that? Like, what? How did we play that poorly? Yep. And 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 then not letting it snowball. And so, and then you know, PJ, like most coaches, talk about the outside noise and here, and they're aware of what people are saying and writing and talking about. And so, I'm sure it was a uncomfortable, not fun week for them coming off that. And so, this was a good response. It wasn't a perfect response. There, there's still a lot of mistakes and things they have to figure out, but um, this was a really good response. I thought the defense continues to um, play winning football. 
And I, and I think that's what uh, you could tell PJ was, was really happy that offense took some shots, made some big plays. Defense did his thing. Your punter was outstanding. Yeah. We probably haven't he, talked enough about him. He, that Mark Crawford, you know, we, we talked about it when he hadn't been good. He was out. I mean, just tremendous. The best game of his life today. Flipping field position, just all the things he did. Um, they just, they were good in three phases. And to come on the road after how bad they were last week, I just think he felt, it almost, I, it felt like the team could exhale afterwards. I think that's what we saw. Almost, almost like a little relief that, okay, we know we can bounce back and play better than what they showed last week. That's, that's, that's the sense I got in talk in listening to PJ and the players. Well, and I, as I talked with Tanner, I've not seen him with that much emotion just on the field. I don't know if people have noticed it, but I, he's not a beat the chest kind of guy. And he was doing a lot of that on Saturday. And you know, guards, his weekly um, press conference this week, I don't know if you watched it or if you're there. I did, yeah. He swayed back and forth. Yeah. Nonstop. And, I, and it, it, I wouldn't watch it as like, there's something going on inside of him. I don't know if he's like chomping at the bit to play or he's mad or he's just amped up, but he was swaying back and forth. Yeah. And the whole for 10 minutes. And I was like, man, this is more emotion than I've seen from Tanner in a long time. You could tell it was like bobbling up inside him. And when, when he hit a couple of those big pl- uh, passes, you can see the way he reacted. Um, nobody, his, his, his quote was, you know, what did this mean? He said, Winning's fun. Football's yeah. fun. And sometimes I forget that. I think he puts so much pressure on himself. You know, we've heard all week, I've got to play better. This is my fault. hundred percent. I, mean, I think Tanner internalizes when things don't go wrong and he, it, it's all his fault. That's what he feels. He puts so much pressure on that. I think it built up. And I think last week really bugged him how he played, I, even though the, even though the whole offense was awful. Yeah. I think he took it really personal and it, and it bothered him. So I think just that came pouring out today. Uh, after the win last thing for you chipper so does this victory and the way that they played i mean does this change anything for what you thought before the season what you thought going into the game you've always said this team should contend for the west what do you think i no i it changes nothing i mean last week was i I still don't even know how to describe it um (laughs) but the west is pedestrian i'm sorry it is i mean it's just i was obviously a really really good uh defensive team and turnovers they're creating, but um, I don't think there's an offense in the West that scares you. Right. Right. I mean, it, it just, now there's some good defenses, but I don't think there's really an offense that's just going to, you know, blow you away and feel like you, you're going to have to score 40 to beat them. And so um, I think they showed something today that they can bounce back. I think the defense is starting to show that they have some playmakers and depth that we haven't seen in the last couple of years. Um, they just have to figure out how they're going to score on offense and how they're going to get more points because they're, they're going to need more than 20 Sundays. They may have to hit 30 to win in the Big Ten. And so they got to figure out, I think getting Ottman Bell healthy and Dalen Wright compliment him, I think that'll, that'll give the, the offense a big boost. Well, I appreciate it. Um, we'll keep Burnsy on edge for the week, Chip, and maybe make him sweat out if he's going to join me. We've got two weeks, too. You know, cause there's not going to be a Gopher football Sunday next week because of the bye. So on a pair and a spare this week, we'll, we'll maybe talk about what our plans are going to be moving forward here on Gopher football Sunday. But I appreciate you um, checking in with me. I know you've had a busy weekend. What's your quick uh, Vikings prediction for Sunday here for uh, a couple hours from now? The you know Bowl. Yeah, I think they win. I think being at home helps them. Um, I really like Cleveland. I think it's going to be uh, the Vikings need to stop the run. If, if they can do that, 
But I think just being at home and having that crowd noise, we saw what kind of effect and factor that is for him. So I, I think they went close, and I would say something like 28-24. All right. We'll, we'll write that down. And I know Dan's going to talk about that a lot between 9 and 10. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk on Tuesday. All right, brother. Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune, also my partner, one of them, on the Pair and a Spare podcast. When we come back here on Gopher Football Sunday, we'll talk to Tanner Morgan, my conversation with him after the victory yesterday in West Lafayette. You're listening. Tanner, I've watched every game you've played. It's been a lot. You've been around for a while, as you know. I don't think I've ever seen you with that much emotion after big plays, beating your chest, fired up. Take me through what was behind that emotion today. Yeah, you know, obviously, um, football's meant to be fun. Football's meant to be played with emotion, with emotion, but not emotional. Um, and when you enjoy what you're doing, you tend to play a little bit better too. Uh, and when you just enjoy every moment, and so that's just something that I really focus on this week is just loving every moment um, and enjoying it. And so, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You had your security blanket back in um, yeah. Crab. Coach even told us in the coaches show this week. He's like, "Hey, it's a big, it's a big guy to have missing out there for everybody." So you go to him early, you get him established early. What's it like just having his presence back on the field? Yeah, it's huge because uh, obviously one, his leadership for our team, uh, and then second, uh, just the dynamic he brings to the field. Being able to just throw it up and he's just gonna go get it. Uh, you just gotta throw it in a, you know, in a garage and he'll go catch the ball. Uh, but it was it was elite for him to get started fast and to have him back, and uh, it's really fun to, to be playing football with seven. In the first half, you score early, you score late. There's some three and outs in between. Because of that, felt like you guys weren't really on the field. So what was that like in the second half then to get more established and put together some drives? Yeah, you know, um, right off the rip, being able to accelerate in the middle with the touchdown was huge. And then, you know, a uh, couple things you went back, obviously, with, with myself too with some throws. But uh, being able to go in there and finish the game, uh, Cole Kramer did a phenomenal job being able to go in there, run, run, the, run the ball very physically. Uh, our guys up front blocked really well, and then uh, setting up Trickett for a field goal. And then our defense played, you know, outstanding today. Being able to end it with a pick was huge, and uh, you know, that was that's team football. You know, playing with each other and for each other, and so that was really fun to see. Offensive coordinator Mike Sanford this week talked about the passing game needs more at bats. You need more shots. You even mentioned you got to hit them when we're, when they're there. You were able to hit some yeah. today, but what was it like to really to have that many at bats today, where you were taking a lot of shots? Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it's 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 exciting, and you know, we saw when you give guys you know opportunities to go make plays, they make them. And you know, maybe there's even there's a couple more where uh, the throw wasn't uh, elite, and we make even more explosive plays. But those guys made it a lot of a lot of plays today, and uh, it just shows you uh, what our guys outside can do. I want to talk about a couple of specific plays. We already mentioned Crab. Tell me about right right away in the second half, going deep to Michael Brown Stevens. What's that like? What do you see? Yeah, it was a great call, uh, you know, by our offensive staff. Something they saw uh, through that formation uh, that they were playing us in and being able to adjust to it, uh, and then Michael Brown and just go be able to make a huge play was uh, electric. And I think that was a three play touchdown drive. Uh, run and then a run for a touchdown so that just shows you what we can do um and to see mike go do that mike played a made a, a lot of elite plays for us tonight so uh, that was huge the other one i liked you guys are kind of backed up in your own end zone you end up throwing it to brevin span ford he gets a pass interference that to me felt like the proverbial we're in the backyard it's pouring rain dinner's not ready yet let's just keep playing throw like take me through that because you really didn't have a lot of options they were bringing some heat yeah no so they're playing cover zero uh we had a cover zero check for it um and when you play cover zero, you're not going to have much time because they're usually, it's a mathematical problem uh, for blocking. They usually have one more guy than you can uh, block with how many guys you have. So uh, at that point, uh, option A wasn't open. Option B was 
throw it out for Brev, give him a chance to make a play, and if, if he doesn't, we got an opportunity to get a P.I., and that's exactly what happened. Your offensive coordinator, speaking of him, was waiting for you outside the locker room today. Kind of take me through your guys' week. He mentioned, hey, it's our job to put you in better spots. It's our job to give you more answers. I know you've gotten to work, obviously, a lot closer with him this year as opposed to last year. What was this week like for the two of you and really the whole quarterback room? Yeah, it was huge. Our quarterback room is uh, very tight, and obviously, uh, you know, no – no question against Bowling Green that the play was just not acceptable. It was not not there. And so that's, you know, hard to go through and see that and see the way you played that. But you have to put on a leather vest, be able to go respond. And that's what we did. Uh, and, you know, everybody in that room believed in me, um, you know, and vice versa. We all believed in each other to go out there and make plays and push each other to, to be better today and um, each and every day. And that's what it was. And, you know, it's, it's just a lot of love uh, between the guys. And when you see somebody like that, you go through a hard game, you go through a hard week. And, um, it's exciting. You know, you have to celebrate those moments because uh, without it, you know, it makes the lows pretty lo- that much lower. So you have to cel- celebrate the high moments, and uh, you know, that's definitely what that moment was. I know you don't let the circumstances dictate your behavior, so I know you're going to give me that answer. But it's pouring rain the entire game. Your last drive, it's the most it's ever rained the entire game. Yeah. Purdue gets the ball back down six, and all of a sudden, the skies part, and it's a beautiful sunny day here in West Lafayette. <laughs> what are you thinking at that point? I know what I was thinking. I'm like, no way, this isn't happening. What are you thinking there? Well, I mean, it is what it is. That's just the way that it happens. But, uh, you know, the, the exact moment the rain stopped was right before kick it, when, trick it, went in there, kick it, trick it, That's went true. in there and uh, nailed the field goal. So I was actually sitting there with Mariano as soon as the rain stopped. We were like, yo, praise God, man. And. Uh, you know, it kept going, but our defense made a huge play at the end of the game. But it's just one of those things. You never know a football, man. That's the way it goes. Last thing, you talked uh, earlier in the week about how many people might be here from your hometown, friends, family. Yeah. You got a sense of who's here, and did you see who's tough enough to hang out through that rain. That's who you're going to go see. Who do you think? Uh, I think my mom's definitely definitely made it through. She's a, she's a tough woman. Uh, I don't know about my buddies, though. I think they probably skedaddled. I don't know if they made it through. But uh, a lot of close family friends, and it's uh, always fun to see them, even though it'll be about two minutes. But it'll be fun to see their face. And it's cool to have family go out here, and I'll be able to support you like that. So it was a good moment. Congrats, man, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you very much. Roll the boat, baby. Tanner Morgan after the game yesterday and uh, after what certainly was probably the hardest week of his Gopher career given all the uh, the questions surrounding his play, the criticism surrounding his play, and the questions about his future as the uh, starting quarterback. And uh, turned in a performance yesterday to help get the uh, 20 to 13 victory over Purdue in West Lafayette. I appreciate everybody checking out the show today. I appreciate Chip Scoggins stepping in uh, for Ryan Burns. Don't worry, Burnsy. He told me he does not want to get up every Sunday at 8 o'clock and come join the show. So your spot is safe. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks to Tanner Morgan for joining. Uh, thanks to Tyler Newbin and PJ Fleck. And thanks all of you for listening to a Gopher Football Sunday. We'll kick it over to Dan Barrero and Sunday Sermons next right here on The Fan. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.